thank you for joining Austin, Johnny, and myself, Jay, for All Aboard the Hype Train Part 2. If you guys haven't, go back and listen to All Aboard the Hype Train Part 1. And if you get the chance, drop us a follow at Mammoth Games Inc. on Twitter. You can also follow at FunBalanced and at Bad Assets Pod if you want to get the entire Fun Balanced experience. With no further delay, All Aboard the Hype Train Part 2. We'll start with, I, I want to call this one the elephant in the room. Yeah. Because it is. Um, well, it's very divisive as well. It's not like a clear shot like Anthem was. Right. Yeah. It, it depends on who you talk to, when they played it, how they played it, where yep. they played it. Yep. And we're talking about Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. So before we even talk about playing it, we just have to talk about that hype and that yep. announcement from when the game was announced until launch. So in uh, 1882, right, the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth fails, and then Cyberpunk announces Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that if we go back far enough, um, I, I, I'm pretty sure that Cyberpunk was foretold by, like, one of the original Witchers. Um, yeah. So it's it's been in the works for that long. It's right after the uh, Ithlian's prophecy that uh, foretells of Siri. Immediately after that, she was like, also, these Polish guys that work out of their garage will create a cyberpunk game that takes 15 years to develop for no reason. So it was originally announced May of 2012, and game <laughs> trailers were originally released January of 2013. Yeah. The initial trailer with, like, the android sitting on the ground getting shot at or whatever. Then we got nothing um, until E3 2018 and E3 2019 is, yeah. is when we started to see that that role. Um, and actually, that E3 2018 announcement was amazing. I love that when they took over the stage yeah. and everything turned red from green to red. Beautiful. Let's yep. talk about why its announcement was such a big deal, where we kind yeah. of have to take a step back. Cyberpunk was instantly riding on the coattails of The Witcher 3. Correct. Oh, of course. Yep. Which, and yeah. The Witcher 3 did not have a lot of hype behind it, right. which is why it was so great when it did overly succeed and blew... And we've mentioned this exact scenario before on episodes yeah. um, because The Witcher 3 didn't have a lot of hype behind it, but what it did is deliver. It was so good on its uh-huh. own right that it just blew everyone's expectations out of the water and it put it put CD Projekt Red on the wall as these guys are going to do some more really awesome shit. Yep. And and unfortunately, that's what we were all anticipating happening with Cyberpunk. Well, there was a yeah, it had a it, it it's kind of like um we talk about this with other companies sometimes too where they were kind of cursed. Like they had accidentally sort of released the probably one of the best RPGs ever made. Well, definitely one of the best, possibly the best, right? Like it's in the conversation for sure. Yeah, it, it's not possible. I mean, the last podcast we had, we talked about Witcher three for like twenty minutes, right? So it, it is not possible for me to not bring up The Witcher if we're talking about action games, fantasy RPGs. You know, it, it's just it, it's it's the example it's it's the thing that you reference right and i actually wanted to go look it up we were talking about sales before the game Mm -hmm. and so we were talking about like including some other stuff like big like cult fan favorites like kingdom hearts 3 and stuff like that so the kingdom hearts kingdom hearts 3 alone sold 6 million copies witcher 3 coming off of no success the witcher 2 was not a popular game outside of europe it wasn't a popular game in europe right it was not a very good game 
The Witcher 3 with basically no major marketing. I mean, there, there was a lot of marketing when The Witcher 3 came out. I remember they had, like, just regular TV commercials, right? Yeah. But Witcher 3 sold 40 million copies. I mean, The Witcher 3 by itself is more popular than Mass Effect, Kingdom Hearts, series. All the games in the series put together, right? Like, it's it's insanely successful. Well, it, it, it's the pride of a country now. Yeah, it's literally Poland only exists to manufacture Witcher games for me. <laughs> And I think that's correct, and it should stay that way. One big thing we have to keep an eye on, though, is that that is multiple different versions of the game being sold at a time. But even that's true. Then, oh yeah, on several different consoles and yeah, different consoles, different platforms. Game of the Year edition versus standard edition. Yep. Um, all the that's crazy true. sales, the giveaways. But that's true of the Kingdom Hearts franchise as well. I mean, they've been re-released on various PlayStation systems seventy-six times, and Mass Effect with the legendary version and everything. But yeah, I mean, every I mean, it was extremely blowout success, right? Totally unanticipated. It was at like the top of the Steam charts for like five years or something, like just totally unexpected breakout success. Yeah, the game of games, kind of. The reason it did so well was because it didn't have a lot of hype behind it. It came out, it surprised people. Right. It was able to be a surprise. It became that whole, dude, you haven't played this, you need to try this. Right. And and it blew up. But getting back to, to Cyberpunk, that's kind of like now everyone has this anticipation, this expectation of what they're going to deliver. And the expectation is do whatever they give you. It's going to be even better than you were expecting because right. that's what happened with The Witcher because we weren't expecting anything. Yeah, the first Witcher game was a point and click time based. It's been described as a rhythm action game right it's almost unplayable <laughs> like yeah. it is dog shit yeah i do not recommend anybody play the witcher one and i say that as having 100 percent of the game right yeah go listen to our our story mode stuff for it and save right, yourself right, right, the... right. save yourself the suffering throw right? up jesus but um yeah and cyberpunk had this years long hype machine and then yeah i think like you said that that first e3 appearance where they basically show the main intro mission of the game like one of the tutorial segments of the game um the kind of invasion of this um like apartment block where they're abducted someone and you're trying to extract them and trauma yeah. team shows up whatever yep, yep. that that segment was like that was a finished game i mean I, we would go to find out that was actually one of the negatives that was literally finished game <laughs> like that that was basically the entire good content of the game in my opinion but, like, it was so good, and it had such interesting, like... It wasn't at the on the trailer on the show, but I believe they released multiple playthroughs of that trailer, right? And it was like, okay, here's us doing it stealth. Here's us doing just insane combat. You know, here's yeah. using a tech build. Yeah, I think it was over time. Okay. But, yeah, over over the course of a while, they showed no, all the, the different um, ways you could play that, like uh, Deus Ex or whatever, you know. There was one day where they did show both ways. There was one specific um, uh, video where they did show... Yeah, it was um, the walkthrough, right? Because they're doing like, it okay, the let's way and then doing it the action. Yeah, way they literally say it. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're like, okay, let's see if we can get to the person a little faster this time, and we can just try to take everybody out from the get go. Or like, they were describing it as they did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Again, so yeah, it, it, was, it, it was great too. Amazing, amazing. Like it, leading up, way it, better than people were expecting to see. It, the game was way further along than expected, and then they did that thing of like, oh, by the way, this is going to be ready like in nine months. Well, so the, in the meantime, in the meantime, while these things are happening, we're getting Keanu Reeves showing up on stage. Mm -hmm. We're getting we're getting announcements for comic books, 
for anime series. Oh, the, for the toys, consoles with the branding. For special edition consoles yeah. that I have sitting in my closet right now. TV shows, comics, like, We're novels. getting everything. So everything yeah. that happened with... Everything that happened with The Witcher after launch, like TV mm. show, other really big stuff. I mean, let's not disregard the fact that um, The Witcher was originally a book series. Even right, before it's the an game came out, it was a book series. It's fine. Right, right. But we got a Netflix series. We got all kinds of other crazy stuff after the game. We started seeing yep. comics and stuff after the game. We're getting all of that before Cyberpunk is even out. We're already right. getting commitment that these things are happening. So that is building it so much more because now everyone thinks this game is going to be huge. This game is going to yeah. be the best game of my life. Well, not just that, but it's going to be like a platform that carries on for the next several years because there's going to be, like you said, all this mixed media of expanding the story, adding detail to things that you notice really quickly in the game, things like that. And actually recording this, tomorrow episode one of Edge Runners comes out. <laughs> Right, right. So that that rollout is still happening, right? Right. It's that's something that that's where we get to kind of that's where we transition from the announcement, the hype train leading up to launch, and then to actual launch, right? Even even that announcement, you have such a long time. Yeah. Seeing it for the first time, January 2013. Yeah. And then until E3 June 2018, all that time in the middle, and those people didn't forget. They remember that first trailer, and they. It was their wallpaper on their phone and their background on their desktop. And and it's such an interesting group because the group that was really anticipating it is based off of the cyberpunk tabletop role-playing game. came out in 1988. <laughs> yep. And, and it's had, what, up to that point it had three iterations that it had rolled through uh something yeah there was a... I mean, probably more than that to be honest but yeah the original game i think was set in 2022 which is very funny oh it's 2020 oh yeah cyberpunk 2020 then they had 2022 i think but you can't take away that they were looking to mike pondsmith who is the initial designer of the cyberpunk tabletop game right as inspiration and in getting like okay what do you think of this how, how does this flow? And yeah, it, it, there, there were so many moving pieces. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it was just kind of silence as well. And letting, yeah, they weren't let, like super transparent. Yeah, a, a lot of the stuff we heard about was from like Mike Pondsmith or oh, yeah. other people that had worked with them. So like we got like news releases from people that were working on the comics and stuff like that, right? Like it, Cyberpunk themselves, they were not very good at marketing all the Witcher marketing had been done by an external company so you know th- at this point they had become weren't they like one of the large yeah they were the largest game studio in europe period they were one of the bigger companies in poland at this point like we're, we're gearing up to release cyberpunk mm-hmm. so you know it's it's very strange like you know it was it was a first in a lot of ways for this company and then they even kind of went through, at, you know, a lot of the news stories we were getting about Cyberpunk were kind of similar to some news stories we got about Bioware, where, you know, it's like, oh, the, like, lead quest designer has left, and he's, like, apparently left the company in, like, really negative terms and stuff, and it's like, well, at this point in production, they're done with all the quest design, so maybe he was just mad that he just didn't have you know more to contribute or they had turned down a dlc idea or something so he went somewhere else and but that kind of kept like the game director left before the game released 
you know? And it's like, ooh, like right toward the end, we kind of started to sense trouble brewing, like right before it released. And then um, once it released, well, basically right before release, right? Um, there was like that whole thing of like everybody trying to get it pre-installed on their console and there was like a weird way you had to trick the system into letting you do it and the website was down because so many people were pre-installing it. And at that point, the reviews started to come out and the reviews were really mixed. Like there were some people that are like 10 out of 10, amazing, this is the future GTA or whatever. Um, but there were a lot of reviews that were like, Yo, we had serious technical problems. We had game breaking bugs. We had to well, you know, we had saves getting corrupted. If if you remember, the biggest issue was that the early reviews for Cyberpunk, the people that got hands on early were only allowed access to PC copies. Not right. just that, but a lot of the early reviewing and stuff was only that section they showed off at E3. So that was like, I mean, not like full game release reviews, but like previews were just that segment, right? And it's like, um, I think as we talked about different types of hype, like there's like marketing hype, there's like, um, I think Cyberpunk had a lot of self-inflicted hype, right? Like people like me, like this, one of the reasons I am so strongly against Cyberpunk really has nothing to actually do with the quality of the game. It's that I suckered myself into it so much. Like, this was what I was going to base my life on for the next, like, three years, right? And I got bamboozled. But it wasn't really by CD Projekt Red. It was mostly by me. Sure. I, I was just selling shit to myself that didn't exist, right? Yeah. Yeah, we all we all had certain expectations of it that just didn't end up happening. I even right. bought the, the special edition console. Uh, the console that said it came with the... Uh, it came with the game, obviously, download code, but it even came with a code to redeem to get the first um, expansion for free. And, Bro, that's uh, coming out next year. That's its own big Only thing. three years so, later. Um, like, <laughs> Cyberpunk was a a mess of a launch because... It was crazy. Yeah, There were people, we were arguing early on that maybe it shouldn't have been on Xbox One and PS4 because yeah. oh, it, it got pulled at all you know yeah. I, I i hate like we have to segue into that launch hype part of it but like it got pulled from the playstation store yeah like, sony was like nah dude we're we're done issuing these refunds quit so well, sony no basically sold here i mean that kind of changed even some internal sony policy i remember talking to some people at the time that had worked in cert and stuff and they're like oh big games like this are allowed to basically bypass cert because it's like, oh, well, you know, they released Witcher 3 and that That's passed cert, and they released Witcher 2 and that passed cert. So they're able to just kind of say, like, oh, that's all going to be fixed in the day one patch. Don't worry about that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, Sony, it, it kind of permanently changed their policies from what I understand because they had to kind of, I mean, apparently a lot of companies were mad because, like, you know, Activision has to work way harder to pass cert now than they used to, right? And you know, to be fair, they you know those games are buggy or whatever, but not not to any crazy extent. When the when the game hit, it was really it seemed like it was down to luck. What kind of like okay, day one obviously there's gonna be bugs. Everybody expects that at this point. But there was some like severe problems. If you did certain actions, it would like break your save file and you had to just purge it and start over. Um, I didn't hear there, that as much. I, I would say that was the, rare. The the ex, the exception. For what was happening, um, would be play. You know, if you wanted that experience, the experience they attended, 
play it on the places to play were PC yeah. and Stadia, which is PC. <laughs> Psycho, that Stadia, the, the only Stadia W in history. It was high-end PC or Stadia, yeah. which is using a high-end, a high-end PC, PC to stream the content to you. Because right. even on PS5 and Series X, there were some big problems. So yep. PS5, I played the PS4 copy because there wasn't a PS5 next. There wasn't a, well, it, at the time, you know, it, it had been current gen copy of the right. game. So I couldn't play a PS5 copy on the PlayStation 5. or right. um, So I'm playing the PS4 copy on the PS5. And it was pretty smooth for me until you entered a very specific part of town. Mm. And then it died. Uh, it would always blue screen. Um that's so and weird. I got really good at navigating when I needed to go into that area. <laughs> and it's not something we should do. The Fun Balance podcast, this is the exact shit that Ian's talking about of setting an expectation and changing the way you play something right? to work around the problems that you're having with it. Yeah. Um, and the PS5 was doing that. Now imagine the PS4 yeah. Pro... And then something even weaker looking at, like, the Xbox consoles and just how oh, they yeah, the were original, original uh, PS4 or, yeah, an original oh, yeah. Xbox One or whatever were, like... I mean, you're lucky you didn't have, like, a nuclear meltdown. It looked like a PlayStation 1 game yeah. on it those was, consoles. It was rough. Like, um, I, I had friends that were still super excited to be playing it, even on a PS4 or a PS4 Pro, and I was like, how? How now, are you still, like, touting this as the best game you've ever played? when it's so broken on those consoles. Well, that was, I think, a a really notable thing about Cyberpunk, is that it really... Whereas The Witcher was sort of universally... Even if you didn't like it, or if you thought the combat was weird and you didn't like the controls or something, like, it was pretty much universally recognized as, like, you know, the storytelling quality, the writing, things like that. Um, Cyberpunk ended up being a very individual experience right like if you asked you know so i was playing it on an xbox one x no xbox series x um i was playing an xbox one copy on a series x and i it was very buggy for me i had a lot of issues with it i really didn't like the writing the you know the storyline and the quest weren't really grabbing me and then yeah you ask somebody who played on a baseline uh you know like a fucking xbox one slim that has like a processor from my dad's laptop when he went to college in the 90s and uh-huh. they're like oh i love it it's one of the best games i've ever played like it, it's it ends up that there's not really anything objective about the game the game ended up being entirely subjective if a given person liked it there's really no reason and if a given person disliked it there was really no reason Right. So it was just totally random. It, it it a lot of I think a lot of it kind of came down to how um, you you specifically right. play video games. Well, um, that and like the expectations that you like people that were like, oh, Cyberpunk looks cool. I'll pick that up. They probably liked it. It's their first foray into a first person open world shooter. It's all of these right. firsts for this company, and right. they're trying to find a way. To make all of this happen. And on the back end, they're going, we need more time. Right. And they're going, and they didn't at, at a certain point, they go, no, we can't do that again. We've pushed it twice. We can't do that again. And they're like, right. well, they you should have pushed like... it to the fucking time we told you initially. Because right. we need more right. time. 
And they're like, absolutely not. Um, right. So, you know, it kind of gets... Unfortunately, that's that's the point of failure. If they would have been given yeah. that extra year that they had been asking for instead of the company giving them three months right that it could have been completely different maybe 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 not maybe. because it took them how long while the game was running but at that time or it took them what two years after the game while the game was running to get it to a manageable place well even to make the next gen version that was the beginning of this year right the next gen patch yeah yep yeah, it took them two years to release it on what was originally intended to be a release platform. While it was running, which I do argue if the game yeah. was not running, they probably could have done It'd be it easier. half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, it and and they had to cut major things that they showed mm-hmm. off in, initially. Like, if you remember, you had a character sheet when yeah. you started the game. And you pick what you want, and then you kind of go in. And then they talked about these other cool things, like like wall running. And there was a bunch of things that just were left on the cutting room floor. And yeah. even one of the things in the newest patch, uh, or, you know, in, in an upcoming patch that they're talking about updating, is um, the way the police function. Because they yeah. don't function at all. Well, um, it's totally broken. And then the ways... So, like, a lot of their fixes to things have been really strange, too. Like, just fully removing something from the game, basically. So, like, the police would spawn an X amount of distance around your coordinates in free space based on blah, 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 whatever. It's all technical, right? Uh, Yeah, out of sight, yeah. Yeah, there was a problem where if you were in an enclosed space, the police would just spawn directly behind you. Because that's the only way it could figure out how to load them in properly, according to the rules. So, the way they fixed that was just to make police spawn in predetermined locations. So, like, they basically just removed that function of the game, right? Which, of course, will break something else in the back Which goes and breaks something else, because now they're spawning directly on top of cars and civilians and stuff, so they're getting, like, stuck inside other character models and shit. And then, like, the, the cars, there was no, like driver ai all the cars were just on a rail it was on track and then those those rails yeah the tracks would just randomly well not randomly it was predeterminedly right like the the track had been laid down poorly so that like every single car that drove by literally the main area of the game directly outside your starter apartment would they would all collide with the guardrail every single car yeah would hit the guardrail in the main area of the game that you're going to be spending the vast majority of your early game time you know what I mean? So, like, the, the QA was horribly done. I mean, I don't think it's the QA's fault. I think they were not given enough time or not enough resources, right? Yeah. Uh, same as uh, Skyrim or, you know, any any large studio at this point. I, I feel like with Cyberpunk, we got the... We, we got, like, the reverse of everything. We had, like, the huge, huge hype that was there before mm. the game launched. We had the Fizzle Pop launch... Mm-hmm. And we've ar- we were already told so much ahead of time about everything else around the cyberpunk ecosystem, you know, like the anime, right. the comics, the, the, everything that's still happening. Um, and I, I think that we're finally at a point now where the, the post-launch on cyberpunk is just that you're either invested or you're not. Right. There's not a lot of additional marketing out there to try to pull in new players to it. Um, the marketing that's out there right now has really been hey, here, if you've already got it, here's the stuff that's coming that we promised. Right. So I, I think well, that they they finally settled in that lane. Yeah. I, what's really weird is that we are at a point now, uh, almost two years out. So two years from one of the original, or one of the one of the earlier release dates, right? 
mm-hmm. and they're basically just now starting to the, the game is basically in the form that it should have been released in now right sure and that's just so brutal yeah you know, we joked uh, multiple times during some of these big updates that cyberpunk is finally launching yeah right <laughs> yeah the, the updates will be things like um you know, we've made it so that the end game plays out properly. Like, it's just insane. We made it so that the intro cutscene works correctly. Like, yeah. these patch notes are things that you expect to see in an early access. I mean, like... It was an so early access in, game. Uh, it was basically... An er- it was the first ever $60 Triple early a. access disc-released game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's... I'm, I'm in a lot of early accesses for, uh, like, I think a notable one that they're very vocal and very good at talking about is Baldur's Gate 3. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when you see the patch notes for that, they're like, uh, tweaking longsword damage to remove a .0001% chance that a crit harms the wheel. You know, you know it's like really nitty gritty in the weeds shit. The ones in Cyberpunk are like, uh, we re and we re-added motorcycles because we finally figured out how to make them work. Yeah. Like major gameplay function, right? And it's um I mean Baldur's Gate, yeah, their stuff's just it's yeah, very I can do detailed. A six hour and, podcast and, about the Cyberpunk, I feel like. I, I agree. Um yeah. And and it's it's again, the entire game. I played it for a second time on the PS5 of the uh, you know, the way it should be played. Yeah, you had great experiences with it. Fantastic experience the first time, outside of a few things here. Um, second time, I had zero bugs. Literally, yeah. for an open-world game, to Shocking. have zero bugs was absolutely flooring to me. Um, and with the announcement of their DLC, it tells me, okay, we're done. We've done the game. Now it's time to play with the tools that we have in place. So... Right. This game needed an extra at least year of being offline to be able to make this game. And that falls, it does not fall on the, I don't think it falls on the development team. That problem is purely a financial decision. We want to make sure we can make this money. I mean, what would have happened? What, there would have been some, there would have been some, um, clash there would have been a a group of people that would have said you know what no we're not buying this game anymore we don't support it we don't care about it that game's a they would have talked it into the ground if they would have said hey why don't we take this game and remove the past gen edition just focus on next gen edition um people are going to be mad and then add an extra year onto the time people are going to be mad and you know yep. what people will do? They'll forget. You know what people will never forget? The launch of Cyberpunk 2077. Correct. Yeah, that's <laughs> going to be like a lesson to the entire game. Industry no, it forever. won't. No, it will not. Another company will do it in four years. Well, they'll do it. I can but guarantee it'll, it. It'll be a lesson that they chose not to follow. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. such a... And it's crazy to me that this game that I love... I would say this game is in my top five games. Definitely top five games of the past ten years. And it wow. might even breach my top five or ten of all time. I loved my experience with this game, um, and I, and a lot of it's me because I, I I like the setting, I like the things that are happening, and I like how I paced the game for myself. God, I just I, yeah. I just grabbed off my shelf my PC copy that I got because I grabbed a PC copy super cheap um, around launch, 
and I completely forgot that it was just a download code and I never actually looked in the physical case. There are still two discs in there, but it's just the soundtrack. And a middle nice. finger. A sticker of a download, middle finger. <laughs> download copy of the game, <laughs> physical soundtracks, and I think that's kind of dope. So, so like, they well, still they, did they stick are, with, uh, like... The CD Projekt Red is always going to be a very grateful company. Mm-hmm. Um, they are always very thankful for the people that play their games, and that's one reason I do still respect them. They throw a lot of extra stuff into they their bare-bones-based version of the game. Yeah. Um, they're very well known for their free DLC updates. They're yep. they're known for like their thank you letter in The Witcher 3 just for playing their game. So like I a lot of this stuff that the the problems with the game they 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 didn't come from them. Just like you already said, they came from executive decisions to push a product that wasn't ready yet, which resulted in a lot of stress. Yeah. And what we have now as the game is definitely a labor of love. Like they put their work into it. Um, and that's really, I mean, that's, that's cyberpunk. That is, that is always going to be, hopefully that is always going to be a CD project red thing where they, yeah. they at least dump their heart and soul into it. I, I think the, the thing that will go down as the lesson will be not for the industry as a whole, but for CD Projekt Red as a company for the next, I would say, 10 years. Um, I, I could see them slumping back into it, depending on how negotiations go. You know, We have a lot of companies being bought up by bigger companies and things like that. CD Projekt Red, they've been talked about. You know, they're not excluded from that conversation. But I can guarantee you the next game that they put out will be a masterpiece. I don't know if it'll be a masterpiece, but it'll be as close to a masterpiece as they can make. And that launch will be incredibly smooth. They will not release a game that they're afraid could potentially end up like Cyberpunk. It just won't happen. No. Yeah. So, the last. with, With that being Cyberpunk which the way it trended, the way we saw things on it, we have a, a very different story with the, the last game on our like announcement hype up like road to launch um, list. Yeah. Um, and that's because this one, we were all working in the trenches as it was announced. We were all very excited for it for many different reasons. Hearing um, specific things. Very yeah, we specific were all things about it. Very, we were all interested for very different reasons. Even our other friends were all hyped for specifically different things about it. Um, and this game spanned generations. It is it's crazy to think how far up we are now that it spread. It spanned three console generations basically. Well, as a as a franchise, but the main game itself launched on two generations at the same time. And that's destiny. Yeah, you know. Um, let me look. Right here. off the bat, we were given, "Hey, you guys liked Halo, and these are the guys that gave you Halo originally. So, here's a new first-person shooter from Bungie, and it kind of like caught a lot of people off guard. It yeah. it finally released September 9th, twenty fourteen. Um, so. Austin, you and I would have missed the launch of this game um, when working retail. Oh, yeah, yeah, we were no longer working retail. You guys had just I'm pretty sure we were physically present purchasing it. It was Uh, my very first midnight launch that I had ever attended, let alone ran. Right. Yeah, and um, that's interesting. Where would we have picked that up? Because I I remember there was some 
back and forth because I got the collector's edition. I have the uh, Peter Dinklage Ghost. Who? Uh, the Dink. I don't. I don't think he's in the game. Not anymore. <laughs> I gave. Yeah. I gave mine away. I gave mine to a friend. Um, and but there was. Where did I oh, pick? Man. Where could I have picked that up at then? How did I get that? Because you I would probably... have ordered it at our store. And then I had to have picked it up here because I, I you started had the, college. You had the pre-order transferred. Yeah. I must yeah, yeah. have. Yep. You were probably able to email some people. I think that's what happened. I think you had to, like, someone had to send some emails to get some project, some product stuff switched around to get it to you down there. Yeah. Um, because but like, it, it, was, it was hyped. That, that was, I mean, there were people coming in, like, I remember people waiting for, like, Okay, here's the line to pick up your game. If you have all your stuff, you know, you stand in this line. Over here is the line if you don't have the game pre-ordered. Um, and, you know, the collector's, you know, if you're interested in the collector's edition. Um, so Not happening. It was... The, the initial hype itself was just... I, I can't even remember the actual hype, aside from the fact that it was... It was Bungie. It was going to be a shared world shooter. It was going to be a first-person shooter meets an MMO. So um, I remember specifically our store manager coming back from convention telling us that he played this game called Destiny. And he he's like, it it's phenomenal. Um, it, it's everything that I'm interested in. It's a first-person shooter. It's a loot shooter like Borderlands. Yes. And... It's a real breathing MMO, though. And we were like, wait, hold on. Run that back. It's it's an MMO. So you right. log on to a server, and you can team up with your friends, and you can play this pretty much never-ending thing. He's like, yeah, that's the best part. This thing's going to span 10 years. And we're like... Yeah. So a 10-year video game, first-person shooter, loot shooter... There were so many people. I remember all of the friends that we worked with were like, this is it. Like, we. I remember I, I set up a display in our store for this game just after that conversation. And I didn't have to. It, it, was, it was not in marketing. We had this little round pedestal in the front of our store that kind of faced out we put because it used to be a funnies. software etc and that's where they used to keep the display pcs yeah and and, and oh and, man and i would always put funny stuff up there like employees favorite games and then for like cody i'd put like a my the little barbie pony game. or a barbie game yeah it was um, a barbie game i remember <laughs> we would always do ridiculous stuff but i wiped that shit to put a destiny display up there um and like I, I even cut stuff out for that, like and piece stuff together because we got these little Dude, cubes. I, and... I did the same thing. I went I went wild when it was determined that the game was launching during manager conference. So the the initial announcement on that game was was big enough and it carried just enough information kept coming through to keep people interested. And we were being touted as like this game is pretty much never gonna end. It's gonna be a game that we're gonna have it. You're you're gonna play it almost like watching seasons of a TV show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it was meant to just go on and on and on. And the midnight launch for that game, just to to build up to the launch hype on it, because we didn't have, like, we didn't have anything to really tell us otherwise. Like, we were still committed to the idea that this is how the game was gonna work, 
And then they started telling us about like the roadmap for content we were going to be expecting later on. We were all still so excited for it. This game had like three versions being launched on the 360, three versions for the Xbox One, three versions for the PS3, three versions for the PS4, and then three versions for PC. Like I had to keep track of like 12 different, like no, of 15 different SKUs for that game that night to make sure inventory didn't get screwed up anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I ran mini games in the store. We had I had someone running trivia, like just Bungie and De- Destiny trivia for the people that looked ahead of ahead on it, and it was phenomenal. It was such a massive success. That's that, and that's what I was going to mention about the developer, the original developer, of course, being Bungie. They were coming off of um, Halo Reach uh, that dropped in twenty ten. But development started back originally talking about this game in 2007. So, I mean, that's a pretty long spread to be talking about this game. And then it was uh, originally announced in 2013. Um, And then, like I said, dropping, I believe, in 2014. Um, Yeah, April. Uh, Well, was it April? No, it was September because it was during September. manager conference right, when it came right. out. September twenty, yeah, um, and it, it there's so it's such a perfect storm of saying all these things that this game is, and then saying, oh, and by the way, it's done by the guys that created, you know, like the good Halos. And it was one of the it was one of the big times that it delivered. Um, by the time the game actually launched, it had a very, very big push to get people to to get into the alpha, to pre-order to get into the beta, yeah. uh, and they took a lot of that feedback very seriously. And I, I will say that of all the games that we talked about, it's probably the most successful thing that we saw from announcement to launch. Like, it launched massive, massive success. It was the perfect storm for us because... You know, we would have... I, I, I know I was always... I was usually the person who dealt with most of our reps in the morning because our manager liked to come in in the afternoon for some reason. Um, and I, I would deal with the reps and the reps would always, you know, give me, like, dirt on things. That's how we got to play The Last of Us early. After the store closed, we had our Sony rep, like, come into the store, put a disc in our display and then we got to play the game and try it out and it was from conversations like this destiny conversation that i had where they confirmed everything that our store manager said so even from marketing trickling down to it it was accurate it was completely accurate on what they were saying but it was not accurate at all because that's not what the game was the game was a, I would, I would say it's closer to Left for Dead than it is an MMO. Yeah, they they coined the term shared world shooter. Yep. And it, that wasn't to call, before though, was it? I don't remember um, seeing that anyway. Shooter. They they called it a shared world shooter, and I feel like that was like right bef- that was before launch when people kept wanting to call it an MMO, and they were like, it's got a lot of MMO to it because it still technically is massively online and it's multiplayer but it's it's a it's more of a shared world shooter um is what they they coined that phrase then because it was a mix between a normal like 
Left 4 Dead Borderlands style multiplayer, but it was also part of this bigger thing that was essentially an MMO where you had your giant maps you could run around on by yourself and run into other players as we all saw. That was the MMO aspect of it was you could run around and run into like 10 other people. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you were sharing that entire world with them like MMO style, but it was still a shooter. It had that big mix of both of both things for it. Um, I think like leading up to the actual launch, it still did phenomenal. Even when we found out about new DLC that was going to be coming out or new expansions that were coming, we were all still so excited. We were like, we were all so hype. Like we played the game so much. Um, my wife and I spent probably like 300, 400 hours in Destiny One. Um, yeah. Like she was like it had it had competitive multiplayer. It had a huge story, and it the way it felt with stuff that was updating and content that was coming. It felt like we played through a season of a TV series, and we were waiting for the next season to drop when the new expansion came out. Yeah, and, and then we ate that up when they dropped. And then when it launched, we were like, "Wait, where's the MMO? Like, yeah, what? What? Wait, where's what that is, portion of the this? game? Like, th- I remember even thinking, oh, cool." You're going to be able to fly from planet to planet because I remember there being a conversation of that, and it was just like that was the loading screen. Yeah, um, I think when it came like, down to the yeah. MMO aspect of it, the shared world, the shared world shooter aspect had really started hitting the marketing after you guys had left. Um, yeah, and it wasn't by a lot, but like that was when we really started to get like the correction on like it's not really an MMO; it's more of a shared world shooter. So, like, you're still like you and a bunch of other people are there, but you're not going to be interacting with a thousand people. It's just, you know, so the servers can only handle so many. Um, and then, of course, like the loading screen was was kind of a disappointment for some. But even then, like, even with the little things that got like different responses like that, the game itself was an overall massive success. Like, I was able to overlook a lot of those things because I was like, oh, this still plays phenomenally well. I'm still having an absolute blast doing this. Like, oh, I'm just doing a fetch quest? Cool, but at the same time, I'm hearing my wife in the next room over swearing because she ran into a, a spawn of a ton of difficult enemies and she's just trying to use her ultimate to kill everything. So, yeah, this would be a game that, like, had massive hype. At launch, lived up to that hype. Yeah, um, it, it it definitely hit its hype and then some, which is kind of unfortunate because yeah. that's what led to like this is the first time any of our conversation has transitioned to a post hype scenario or post launch scenario. Well, I would say yeah. put a pin in that because we're moving on to something else, wrapping up yeah. just Destiny as a whole. Um. Up to it, launch, very, very successful. Yeah, like, even right at launch, like, Destiny blew it away, and like I said, I played for several hundreds of hours, so it, it did it did well. I, I more than got my money's worth on that, and even the people that complained about Destiny at hey. launch <laughs> still never stopped playing it. Um, the joke was that it was like the most the, the one game that everyone hated that they dumped the most time into and they yeah. even while complaining about it kept playing it so they fed to the success of it even though they weren't happy about it which meant they, they still liked it like to they just extent, wanted right? something different out of it yeah for sure for sure um, so yeah that rolled us right into um, launch hype um, this next one, I actually don't know anything about. I haven't actually played it. Um, so, 
So I'll back I threw, up. I threw this game in here. I threw this game as a rep recommendation for like the launch hype list because whereas it wasn't necessarily like launch hype or like overwhelming marketing hype, this is one of those games that dropped and if you were one of the first people to enjoy it before it blew up in the media and started hitting like top 100 games lists and stuff like that, mm -hmm. then you were one of the few people that got to really enjoy the game as it were intended. Um, and it's crazy because it's you cannot replicate that kind of experience. Uh, and and that game is Journey. Yeah. That game was a PS3 exclusive indie game that you could download that had no real action, no dialogue. It was literally a game of getting from point A to point B. Yeah. But it had a weirdly unique multiplayer function where you could play with another person but there's no no chat, no dialogue, no real actions to do except for jumping around and like making a little like chimey noise that your character can make. Um, and it was it. I put it on there for being very unique as far as launch as far as hype goes, because if you didn't play it right at launch, and you read about the hype later, and the hype is what got you to play it, mm -hmm. it was a whole different experience. Not just that, but yeah, it was so. Yeah, you were. Um, very limited communication and everything, but like the experience of going on and the game is structured like literally as the hero's journey, right? Like it's taking direct uh, references and parallels to the classic, um, you know, enter into the heart of darkness, climb the mountain, uh, you know, fall in the river. Like it's, it's as you're doing the game, you'll, you'll see that it's very um, paint by numbers sort of. But, like, the experience of being this little guy that you, you're the only... You're, you're, like, one of very few left, right? And you're basically at the end of, like, what was once a great society. And when you're going through this game, it's just such... Your, your character is so small on the screen, and the world is so big, and there's so much going on. And when you're joined by another player that they they also probably don't really know what's going on and you're both trying to figure things out together and you're both hopping around and like you know you'll find you'll go in different directions and you'll find like some weird stuff and you'll just do your little chirp and you know maybe they don't respond and then you like do a big chirp into some little chirps to get their attention and then they kind of chirp back once and you chirp back once and then they come over and see what you're doing and then you guys might have to work together to figure out how to get up onto a cliff side or something yeah but um like and you go through so much and like especially this game can all be done in one sitting if you just go through one sitting couple hours and play through with one stranger and you you know you don't know who they are you have no way of communicating it doesn't even tell you their gamer tag until you beat the game and it'll show okay here's who you played with right and then sometimes like this happened with me i was with this guy we met up like you know maybe right after the first level or whatever we're in like the second main area and we go through this huge section of the game and then i just like i i after a little bit i notice like oh this guy's not with me and i'm like chirping and i'm looking around and then i find him and it's like oh okay so then we continue on and we beat the game. I found out later, like during the credits, it shows how you, you know, who you played with and everything. Those were two different people. My initial guy had dropped out. You know? And it's like, oh shit. And I was like, I thought I had this crazy bond with this guy and it turned out to just be somebody else. You know? So, and it's like totally, it's, it's, it cannot be captured, I don't think, in any other game. It can't. 
Um, I've my, never seen I, anything like it. I will never forget my wife's first playthrough of it, which is the only time I ever experienced the game, was watching her play it. We had just started dating. We are in my little apartment, and a friend recommended it. And a friend came over. He was like, you have to try this. You'll love it. It's your kind of game. Because he had been her friend like way longer. He had known her way longer than I did. Um, he was actually my roommate at the time, which was weird. Yeah. Um, but she started playing it, and she met up with this guy. And a lot like yours, they went through the entire thing. Um, they got like we got they got about halfway through or two thirds of the way through and our internet went out. So Jesus. like we're frantically like trying to reconnect. We're all screaming in the living room like no 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 he's gone. What are we gonna do? Oh my god! Oh my god! What are we gonna do? Like we're all freaking out because like we couldn't tell him our internet crapped out. We couldn't even like it's not right. like now where you have can no text idea someone and say yeah I can't just text someone and say oh Wi-Fi went out. Give me a minute. Right. So like. We she our internet finally came back on. She loads she's back into the game and there's no one around. She's in the middle of this giant desert and she's running around and there's no one there. And then she starts like we're all sad like oh this fucking sucks. What do we do now? And she starts walking a little bit and keeps going and does starts. She's like whatever. I'm just gonna have to finish the game I guess. And she gets over a hill and off in the horizon she like well she goes to jump and she accidentally does a little chirp sound. And then we hear a really faint one. And we're like, wait. Oh, there must be someone else nearby. Um, like, oh, we probably logged in and it's another player. Okay, whatever. And she, like, jumped up and the person, like, jumped again and did the little chirp thing. And they ran up to each other and ran around each other in little circles. Like, oh, I'm so glad I'm with someone now. This is great. This is awesome. Um, finished up the entire game. And at the very end, like, they went running around the sand or the snow and, like, the other player drew a big heart in the ground, like <laughs> as a trail, and then the credits rolled, and it was the same player. Yeah, like she got reconnected to that same person, which still to this day, like just the emotional impact of playing that game for that first time and experiencing it like that, like it still yeah. makes people, it still wants to bring tears to my eyes because it was such a unique experience. And it's um. And yeah, that was a game that, so like, you know, we include it in the launch hype section because there was a little bit of, you know, preview stuff that was talking about it, but it's like, oh, this this is kind of an interesting game. And it's like, you know, I had played a couple of the previous games by the same studio and everything, and they made like little artsy games that were like five or ten bucks on the PlayStation Store, you know? And um, this one just totally was on another level and was just so interesting. And yeah, you basically had to if you experience it totally fresh or with like very little background info on it i guess it was just so surprising and interesting and unique it was such a breath of fresh air that yeah. as it, you cannot replicate it right and um yeah and it, i think that led to the game being very successful but i don't know if it i don't know how many people had a good experience with it right because if you weren't kind of on that initial train, I just, I don't know what it would even be like to try to play it like today. Yeah. I know I people went back and have recently played player. it. Yeah. And the problem is trying to go back and play it now. The, it, it's the, the genuine impact is spoiled because right. everyone already knows what it is. Well, yeah. And like, also, yeah, you know what it is. So that makes it, it is a very different. deserving game. And like, I've seen it, like I said before, I've seen it in a lot of top 100 lists and I've had mm. people argue like, seriously this game of all games and it's like it's one of those in the moment games if it's right. a time sensitive game if you didn't play it then 
to 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 be able to appreciate that, I'm sorry. Like, well, that's for, also for, like, for the... yeah, us discussing this game has actually led to like a new possible option that we can vote on on other games that like you had to be there type <laughs> games. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's a big list, but this one's the top of that list for me. Yeah. Um, but moving beyond that, there's another huge game that you know it announced a long time ago. It didn't really build a lot of hype in between outside of the fan base just saying, oh my god, when is it happening? There was not a lot of marketing and stuff. And then... I mean, as we got close, you started to see it build. Mm. Um, But even then, it wasn't a lot. Well, I mean, looking at last year's Game of the Year conversation, uh, I think it was last year's. It could have been even the year before. I remember talking about this game and... mm, throughout uh like i know you said hey uh, this ring is my biggest game anticipated game of this of this next year and i i myself said it would be mine but since you already called it i'm just gonna put like my token next to that one and then call out another game just because there's so many good things that were coming out um but but i think the 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 big thing to remember with that is that when we when we said those things there still wasn't a ton of marketing and stuff out about it and it finally had like a video trailer like a video teaser i think they did a gameplay up to that point they had done like one small gameplay or a trailer with gameplay yeah that might have been it but it was like one thing you know the game had had like literal years of anticipation um but the anticipation was literally all on the fans. It was not them marketing a lot. They were right. specifically keeping things quiet on it, which was a great move. Um, yeah, so coming from the acclaimed uh, FromSoft uh, with co-writing, I'm not sure if it's writing or co-writing, um, from uh, George, George R. R. Martin, Martin. Uh, we have Elden Ring. Yeah. I would say this, game, this is probably going to be the most positive conversation we have of the entire Yeah, like conversation This of game's this game's launch was astronomically higher than ever anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um we knew as fans of the series or, or fans of their other games, you know, you know, Austin not so much, but me and but, yeah. but you know, me and UJ, we played a ton of Dark Souls. Um, in fact, I think you're one of the people that made me appreciate the series again because I've, you know, I tell people all the time it took me buying Dark Souls five times before it finally clicked. It's brutal. Um, I mean, and it's because it, I never tried the multiplayer, and then I suddenly did, and it was fine. Um, yeah, yeah, but, and you're not alone in that. I feel like most people they shy away from that difficulty until there's a like a trigger, um, yeah. and and that's if you. Like, I have one friend who didn't get into any Souls games until um, Bloodborne. And it was something that just... It, it wasn't that, that general thing you see where, okay, oh, I tried uh, multiplayer, and oh, I can do this with friends. This is interesting. Okay. Um, and at that point, it kind of becomes a different thing. Uh, as soon as you invite other people, because then it becomes an experience you're having with that other person. Mm-hmm. Um Rather than a solo experience of you just getting beat up. Now you're getting beat up together. And you can have fun getting beat up together and losing. Yeah. Elden um, Ring was but unique. His his specific scenario 
was going in solo in Bloodborne and getting beat by the cleric beast to death over and over again um, until that moment of the like and it's a uh, moment where he just started seeing the pattern of how a boss reacts when you do something when you get into a range or out of a range and 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 its stance kind of changes and it readies something up specific it that, and i thought that was a, a really unique moment for some because that's kind of the moment that i had back during um I, I played demon souls but it wasn't until dark souls that i was like aha there it is um and it, it's 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 interesting and elden ring i think really ties all of those experiences together you can have all of those experiences and you don't have to be tied down to that if you want to be tied down to getting beat to death you can until you get it but you so, have a million of a million other ways to go ahead and um you know ease yourself into that game if if you want what was so crazy about Elden Ring is that it captured a perfect mix for so many people. There were a lot of people that did not get a chance to play the other games that just didn't know what they were getting into. They never played Dark Souls, never played the Bloodborne, anything like that. And they still wanted Elden Ring for some reason because the hype that we generated as a fan base around it. Um, but from the early stuff that we saw, we were like, oh, it's, it's kind of like Dark Souls meets Breath of the Wild. Yeah, And we were, like, joking about that in the weirdest ways early on. But then when the game came out, I think that we were both kind of like, holy shit, we were right. Why does it work? Yeah, it, that, it, that was my yeah, question. Like, like, wait, how we, does this you, work? You didn't have a specific direction. You had to go. You could go anywhere. You could do whatever. You could be whatever. Yeah, you set that and pacing it, like, we were talk like I was talking about with Cyberpunk. It's based on you on where you want to go and what you want to do. And it and it just worked. And it just worked so well that it completely crushed their sales expectations. Um, I looked at I looked at numbers. Um, the game came out in February. The game came out February 25th, 2022. Unfortunately, a week after Horizon Forbidden West, those poor <laughs> bastards. Um hmm. But, Every time, crushed. That happened to them twice. Yeah, yeah. that poor, that poor studio. <laughs> twice, but, but they only have two games. Right, they're setting a good record right now. <laughs> I want to make sure whatever their next game comes out, I'm putting money on what comes out a week later. Exactly. Um, but as, since mid-May, Elden Ring has sold 3.2 million copies. Um, that was a number from August 18th, so it's been about a month now. But that's just since May, which that puts it at about a six-month mark. Um, post-launch, the game's sold a total of 16.6 million copies since launch, Jesus. and that was a number from back in August, on August 18th. Yeah, yeah, and so, that's that's um, that's chopping it up until uh, June 2022. Um, like, that is... Yeah, completely... and... What I'm looking at here says Elden Ring contributed to a whopping 55% year-on-year -year profit increase um and Jesus. the numbers keep increasing <laughs> so there's not a dip they haven't really hit that plateau where you know they, they of course you'll see that kind of arc off but it hasn't f like went um 
like flat yet, like you would typically yeah. see. It's it's the crazy because still it, there. it just had a manga release. Yeah. yeah. Yep. A, a manga comedy just came out for it. A comedy, um, which is interesting. At least one. That. I I think at least one lore book is already out, which was crazy because. This is a game where when it launched, and we talked about this at length back then, when the game launched, we had a blast with it anyway. But then post-launch, they were dropping little updates that were adding more to the game. So it kind of blurred that line between, did they give us the game as incomplete, and are they just fleshing stuff out for us? Or did they already give us the whole game, and now they're just saying, oh, but I really wanted to do this too. Um, I think it's the second one. And they, they blurred that line with it so well that we're, we weren't even mad. We were like, oh, like the the great Kenneth Height, we can go talk to more. Now he's going to give us a quest line? Sweet. Um, it yeah, was and, little and stuff like that. and Really good balancing acts with your weapons and making sure things some things are not overpowered and certain things are properly powered. Um, that game, when it came out, that is almost definition of what a video game should be when it comes out because it was it was very even i i I didn't i don't think i ran into a single bug and it's an open world game um yeah i don't think i ran there were some bugs you ran into but you were supposed to kill them yeah that's true that's true and i did and they killed me sometimes um well but not before that 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 dragon in in the swamp and like starting area i loved I love my first experience with Elden Ring. It's just, it's a great I, story of walking out, seeing the daylight, getting that Fallout 3, like, hand over your eyes mm. to block the sun. And I'm like, oh, there's a little ledge. Oh, there's an item down there. Drop down. Drop down. Okay. Well, now I'm down here. Oh, a big open area. Oh, there's an item in the middle. Run over. Dragon comes down. Burns me to death. And I'm like, ah, welcome to Elden Ring. It was such a such a great experience just right off the bat, and the game has done so well. It, it, it FromSoft had already been like on the map for different games, but this one just shot them into an entire new tax bracket. Like they are just this game was phenomenal. Um, it, it it was everything it needed to be and more, and we haven't even been told if there's actually DLC coming or not. People are just like. People have broken the game to find little like air, little areas that exist in the coding that there's no way to get there yet. So we're pretty sure that DLC is coming, but what kind? And everyone is just very ready for that. Because traditionally, all of their game's DLC has been significantly better than the base game. So we're Damn. all kind of stressed at that point now of like, oh god, how much better can it get? And, and, and post-launch, we had, I had that moment of, like, exploring small, like, rune, like, rune areas and, and defeating these really weak enemies and, like, trying to make sure I don't get hit to see how far I can go. And then I open a chest and it teleports me to the other side of the map. Uh, that was the whole thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, it... it I was supposed to go a different direction. I was just exploring a small area. Smoke comes out of this chest. And now I'm in this, like, completely different area. Where it went from people that have sticks trying to hit you. To people shooting magic from a distance. And I'm like, I don't have any of this. Like, it, if 
depending on what happens and how it plays, you know, it can throw you into the deep end. And that's what's great about it. Because you can always skip the deep end. You can always run around your obstacle and go a different direction. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes that obstacle is still going to be in your path when you come back. But, you know... Um, it had a very, yeah, just a very successful launch. The hype to launch, I think, was so small that it couldn't overhype itself. We went in with proper expectation. Um, yeah, that was one where that's we a key. hyped it more than anything. Yeah, I think that's a key to m- managing the hype for video games is um, set yourself up realistically with... Mm-hmm. Um, and Austin, you brought that up. Like, hey, this was on me. I was putting things into this that yeah. weren't there. Uh, that it just wasn't there. Um, yeah, with, and that's with the, some games, that's the, with some do. games, the company fed the fire too. You know, the oh, fans yeah, right. got excited, and yeah, then they yeah. fed the fire more. FromSoft with this was just like they were silent the whole time because they didn't want to spoil anything. Yeah, and that's just how their games always are. Their games are meant to keep you on your toes, and damn, did they do a good job on this one. But as a fan, yeah, just always, always do your research for sure. And, um, and, and I, I have that, I've had that a lot this whole year with, we mentioned Baldur's Gate, with Baldur's Gate. Like, mm-hmm. holy shit, Baldur's Gate is such a, I almost played it yesterday. <laughs> and I, I didn't. I, I stay, I stayed strong. Um, it's one of the games where it's like, okay, I, I want to, you know, I, I used the early access to, like, kind of partially gauge interest, uh, partially, um, you it's know, like, get a feel for it. Because that's one of the games that you want to sort of know what you're doing when you get into it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't want to overdo it because I don't want to get to the point where I feel like I've exhausted any kind of fun that I can have in the beginning of the game, right? Yeah, you want to play just enough, not too much. It's like right. tasting your, like, sauce while you're making it. You know what I mean? Right. You um, eat the whole thing. Yeah, you don't want to eat the whole thing. You won't have anything left. Right. Um, and, I, and and I, I'm hoping with Baldur's Gate, it's going to be a real test um, that I've managed my expectations uh, perfectly. So you have to have a little bit of like uh, uh, self-control as, mm-hmm. as a consumer. Have that self-control. Um, read between the lines... And at the same time, don't read into what they're telling you too much. Um, get the gist of it. Right. Maybe watch a trailer and then move on. Um, the last piece that we have is post-launch, following up on the announcement hype and the launch hype. Um, and I think it's maybe where this game redeems itself. Uh, I don't know. I'm really on the fence. I'm pretty bitter with the... the game as a whole mm-hmm. but i would say maybe it did redeem itself a bit and we're talking about destiny 2 as compares right. to what happened after post or after launch uh for yeah destiny. like yeah post launch is where destiny itself kind of fell because that's when we learned that oh we're not just gonna have this exact same game for you know 10 years and just keep getting more content yeah, because right. then they gave us destiny 2 but it's still the same world and it's still the same everything, but it was a new $60 price tag. Um, and it is like, again, this is kind of similar to our story with um, uh, 
cyberpunk where like this was this was a ownership driven management driven right so at the time it was they were owned by activision activision said you know thou shall make another game and they had to so they they did release a ton of content for destiny one to be fair i think there were three or four expansion packs or something like that plus they were doing you know live typical game as a service stuff but um you know destiny 2 initially comes out and even i i seem to remember i never got into destiny 2 but i i can sort of recall um discussion at the time that was like okay we understand like we've learned a lot of lessons from destiny 1 part of the reason we're making destiny 2 is that we're doing a bit of an engine overhaul and then you know it was okay we are going to stick with destiny 2 for longer than we did with destiny 1 and then it even led to the studio like purchasing itself out from its ownership so it could run the game in its own way right mm-hmm. and um it seems now like destiny 2 is probably going to be what they wanted to do with destiny 1 that will have this multi-year um support structure and everything when did it initially come out 2017 18 17 okay but how so, how big of a middle fucking finger was it to every single person who purchased destiny 1 one when destiny 2 came comes out, out full price three years later at full price when they said even it was worse be a 10-year game even worse the people that bought destiny one and bought every bit of content for it and then sunk you know 500 hours into it and had everything built up to be so great just to be hit with here's the next expansion actually it's just gonna be this going forward new game such a big middle finger to every single person who purchased that going into it going I'm going to purchase this content because this is going to be a 10-year-long investment for me. Yeah, this is a project. And this then is three not, uh, fucking years yeah. later. Yeah. And then wow. it got worse with Destiny 2 because Destiny 2 started to make some changes and bring more people in again. It's like, all right, you know what? Fine, I'll, I'll, I'll invest in Destiny 2 this time since this is the future. And eventually it went free-to-play. Yep. Yeah. And, and you just have to... And then the season stuff rotated, and that's and a big everything. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. The it, rotating... that's, a, that's another thing for the, uh, you know, had to be there at the right time to enjoy it. Uh, I, and it, it was, I guess it was a big disappointment. <laughs> like it was a real disappointment. It made yeah. me fall out of this franchise. I didn't care anymore. Um, and uh-huh. then we eventually saw things change when Activision got rid of Bungie. Yeah. Um, they set Bungie free to be their own. Um, which we've seen some change happen since then, but yeah. at, for a lot of people, it's too little, too late. And I think a big thing is like it's kind of like almost similar to No Man's Sky, which actually was also a good example of all three of these categories, where you know a lot of like fans, like big time fans of Destiny One and Two, say that oh Destiny Two redeemed it, right? Like. Destiny 1 was good, but it was just a game. It wasn't anything special. It, it did not end up meeting the promises, right? Sure. But then, well, now Destiny 2 did do that. And it's like, well, like you said, for a lot of people, I think it was too little too late. Um, actually, I think it's been shown that Destiny 2 has been more successful, but it also got an additional several years of life, and it was able to work off the success of the original game. Um, and it is living up to the promise, whereas the previous game didn't, right? Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't like. I, I agree with you guys. Like, I had no interest in checking out Destiny Two. 
Destiny 1 ended up being like a, you know, a failed uh, promise for me, even before it was for you guys or a lot of other fans, just because, you know, I, I only got any enjoyment out of the game at all when I was doing multiplayer. Right, and that's right. just not the style that I prefer. So it just, it ended up, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of banking more on the promise that they had given of like an in-depth single player, if you want to, story. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they pretty well failed in that as well, especially like locking out all of the lore out of the game. You literally cannot see it in game if you want to. Yeah, originally you, uh, you definitely you definitely couldn't. But that um, pain in the ass. you know, really interesting um, kind of. I guess yeah. With with No Man's Sky, it's certainly a redemption arc. With yeah. Destiny Two, it's kind of questionable, right? It's sort of a it's redemption, plateaued. but it's a different project, so. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of odd and then um you know like we kind of talked about it remains to be seen with like elden ring really even with cyberpunk like every time they announce a new uh patch you know we joked about the fact that it's like oh they're finally releasing what should have been the main version of the game you know and like i do hear every time another you know notable patch comes out for cyberpunk all of the new sites and everything is like now is a great time to dive back into cyberpunk guys you know what i mean like i i hear that every time so it's like it is kind of interesting where you know you can be cursed initially by this like hype disaster uh but i mean for for cyberpunk it made them an insane amount of money like they did extremely well which was funny because it, it kind of goes to show how like business is fake because they lost a shitload of stock price because there were negative reviews of the game, but they made it way more money than you would expect. So the game was very successful, right? Sure. So it's a very strange uh, situation. So, but, um, but yeah, like looking, looking at Destiny 2, one, just something that just kills the game for me. It's, it's every time I go back to it, um, which has only been one time. I, I, think I, I think I didn't jump on destiny 2 until two or three years after mm. um and i was like okay i was hearing that you can play through destiny 1 stuff um that timeline's completely jacked i have no idea yeah. how to navigate that so i can play through in a correct order because it's broke up between story missions and then you have to play this strike here and then you want to go ahead and do this portion of the story but don't go too far because if you play too far then you'll skip over this um little uh like nightfall that you needed to go do um and it's it, it, it's it, weird it sucks playing your yeah. game sucks and that's why i don't like that game like it yeah. feels like shit to have to try to go through and get the any sort of story well it's hostile to you if you were not a day one fan right i mean like, i was a day one fan of destiny and it's still hostile too. to me so yeah it's it's very strange and it it yeah it's to me, I look at Destiny yeah. 2, I go, that game's a bad game. It's yep. it's 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 I agree. not poorly designed. I would say the gunplay is probably some of the best gunplay in video games. The story is it's the same as Metal Gear to me. It doesn't make any sense because <laughs> I can't fucking play it in order. Right. Um and then uh I mean where it really shines is if you can get a group of people to play it. And then right. you guys are talking and you're ignoring what's even happening. Well, so. exactly. Like I, I, 
I never want to say that a game is good or bad based on a multiplayer experience because that means I'm good or bad, right? Sure. <laughs> because like me and my friends are good or bad. It's it, we're not really seeing the game as it was intended, sort of. Except for a, a rare few um, games that are intended to only be multiplayer. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. They just like don't have a story intentionally, like Left 4 Dead or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it, it is really interesting. Like overall. Um, like we kind of talked about in the beginning, like the whole like hype machine didn't really start up until like video game magazines were a thing. It seems like, like there were old E3s and there was like the uh, disastrous, uh, was it the Sega Saturn that they were like, and you can buy it today. And then the, like completely cratered and it ended Sega as a like console manufacturer. Was that Dreamcast? Uh, no, one, no, whichever one of those were newer, the Dreamcast was the newest. Okay, yeah, it must have been the Dreamcast. Dreamcast just had its birthday, man. Uh, it was all before my time. It was ahead of its time. Yeah, maybe a really good example would be uh, what, E3 2015 or whatever, where they announced Fallout 4, and it came out a couple months later, and it was boom, there it is, Fallout 4. Yeah, love it or hate it, you know that it, it it was kind of uh, again, it was kind of a uh, controversial one, but. As long as it's done, you know. Yeah. Tell me two months ahead of time. That's that's a, I love that actually. Yeah, I would love to you not didn't think have, about it. You didn't have this nightmarish thing of like with Cyberpunk where it's like, oh dude, they've been working on this for like nine years. There's like all this content's going to be in it. It's going to have all this bonus. It's going to be the best game ever made. It's gonna there's going to be so many options you can play through seventy six times. Like with a lot of games like that, you know, with RPGs like that, a lot of people start playing. And they already have their next three playthroughs planned out. You know what I mean? Oh. And it's... uh. I was going to say, speaking of that, we have Starfield right around the corner. So everyone manage God your forbid. hype uh, correctly here. They they have humbled me on that. I, I think that I've been so thoroughly humbled in the last, like, five, six years of getting this, like, huge hype. And then it hits. And I'm like, okay, this... Like, it turns out that it's just a video game. Right? You like, are... If you, if, when you're like case. super excited for like a movie or something and it's like it's just a movie like the thing Starfield? is never gonna be like world changing it's just not Starfield's not around the corner it's around someone some corner yeah it got it doesn't have a release date anymore yeah it won't be uh it'll be i think it's pretty well expected like beginning of summer end of spring something like that but uh we'll see it's, it's probably gonna be fall they love releasing things. It, it might be fall again yeah, yeah. But uh, it'd be smart to do it in the summer because then you would, you know, capture some people on their, you know, kids on their summer break and stuff like that. And it would, that was a big advantage that The Witcher had is that it was not up against any competition. Like it, it came out against like Barbie Dream Horse Adventure 3 or something. You know what I mean? Like, well, people had no idea. Yeah. Right. It just it, hit and it was huge. Like, yeah. um, so yeah, uh, other than that, um, you know, I think that there needs to be. Something that we haven't seen is strong control of runaway hype, right? I don't think anybody's ever really pulled that off. Um, yeah, no, they let it go. You can do like the uh, Miyazaki method, uh, you know, the FromSoft method of just don't even talk, don't discuss it, don't talk about it. Um, well, and then again, it is making your game so fucking difficult that most of your fan base runs off anyway. <laughs> like it, I don't know. Like, uh, I feel like it would be. Like, in their case, I think a lot of the hype turned out to, like, the theories were somewhat correct, right? Sure. Like, um, 
and then there's just it's so hard to have a theory on a FromSoft game to begin with because you know whatever weird thing you come up with there's something weirder in the game oh especially when you have so, George R.R. Martin helping oh Jesus you it's let that very dude, weird if he has an opportunity to do anything other than write the next Game of Thrones book he's all over it yeah he's so like, <laughs> he's ready to dangle hog and tease dragons yeah that's what he's ready to do yeah he yeah. actually owns the Bad Dragon Company and uh, this dude refuses to, like, uh, just in general, like, talk about managing hype, dude. Jesus Christ. But, uh, yeah, so generally, I don't think we have a good example of any company <laughs> managing hype correctly. Yeah, right? you, I don't think we can put that on the company. It has to really come down to the individual. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a big part of it is that, I mean, like, people will just literally make shit up that they never heard, right? And sure. They might not even ever share it, so it can never be disproven or something, right? But certainly in the marketing, like, um, Destiny was a major one. Uh, Anthem, like, they just lied, right? Like, it was stuff that was never going to happen, and they just hoped that nobody would talk about it. I mean, I hate to say it, because we have a lot of connections, you know, this is nothing personal, but apparently the new Saints Row is pretty much a, you know, skip... And they refused to send out, like, review copies early because they knew it was going to be bad. Yeah. And, like, uh, you know, it's, from what I hear, it's fine, right? Nobody says, like, oh, this is dog shit. Like, I'd rather kill myself than play five minutes of this game. But, um, you know, it's it's middling. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a heavy, and I've played a decent amount of it. It's a six. It's a six out of ten. Uh, you know, I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah. Above average. On a good sale or something. You know who I think is always really good at it, though? Because they don't really have... I, I guess they don't really have any skin in the game to say. Nintendo. They give their they give their Nintendo Direct, and that's it. They rest on a very interesting laurel. Yeah. They, they're, I think... They, I always We always yeah. say, it, when it comes they down to... They don't hype, they a, inform. A, a console general... Like, when it comes down to consoles, they're always this outlier, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's the exact same with their video games. Like, yes. it, do, do you love Mario? Do you love Legend of Zelda? Well, awesome. Then you're going to like here. what we have here. Right. Like, it, it's... It, it's a... it's. I think it's a tried and true formula. You know what I mean? Yeah. They know well, also, like, what I to think do. Nintendo it's rare to like get a, a new IP. Yeah, I think Nintendo's in a really rare position. Um... Where, like, their stuff, this is going to come across as more negative than it really is. Their stuff is not as good as it claims to be, basically. But nobody cares. Like, it doesn't impact the quality of it. Like, the, when, like, every mainstream Nintendo game is, like, ex it's generally expected it's going to get, like, a 10 out of 10. And I have never felt any desire to play Mario Odyssey. I just could not give a shit. I would say the last <laughs> game that really did it for me was, I mean, was the launch of the Switch, and that was that was Mari, that was Odyssey, and that was Breath of the Wild. Both of which I consider totally. Well, I can't comment on Odyssey; I haven't played it. Breath of the Wild, totally mid-tier normal game. Like hundreds of games have done the same thing before and better. I I, I, I do not understand why people. It was cool to play it on the Switch. I mean, it's not, you know I don't have anything against it. But it was just a totally normal game to me. It, it was. It. it wasn't a ten for me. It wasn't a nine. I would say it was like it's like a mid sevens or an eight. Um, yeah. It was. It was a fun game. I had, but it was exactly what I expected. 
So right. what Johnny's saying about managing that hype is yeah, exactly what I expected. Yeah, N- Nintendo will show you a gameplay video where they're like, you know, there's like a, the English voiceover where it's like, Mario can do a backflip. And then the guy will do a backflip. And they're like, Mario's hat Nintendo, can control a dinosaur. And Nintendo dinosaur. gives you facts about the product. That's it. Right. Um, right. Where the hype really comes from at that point that sucks. It's just like is, weird, like, fan retailers. Anytime yeah. it's Nintendo published IPs, though, they there is they don't generate hype for it. They give you information. It's your excitement for it that drives the hype. Well, Metroid I mean that's Dread, that's true of all hype. I mean Metroid Dread, though, they didn't overmarket that or anything. They announced it, and the world blew up, and then the game came out. The the complete proof of what you're saying here is um, Pokemon. They have Pokemon assimilated... has not made a good game since 1997. Well, they've assimilated Pokemon. Into the exact same way that they do Legend yeah. of Zelda and Mario. It wasn't yeah. like that before. I remember the hype of waiting for like gold and silver and being super excited, talking to everyone that would listen to about it while still playing yellow. I was buying magazines in the grocery store that had like improper translations of gold and silver Pokemon stuff. Yeah, so. it was like exclusively, we're exclusively revealing... Uh what would go on to be like Fanfi or whatever it's called, the little elephant. Yeah. And they're like, Doro go the Nodo. <laughs> yep. It's like in, in Japanese, you'd be like, oh, that's funny. It says ground elephant <laughs> in, in the Nintendo power in, in America. It means nothing. Yeah. And I'm, st- I'm still big on, po- I'm still big on Pokemon. I'm still going to be buying. Uh, I decided I'm going with Scarlet this time around. So nice. um, I like Nintendo's Nintendo's way of hype. Isn't to generate hype. It's just to, to give you some information. To, to just, just give you content. That's interesting. And feeding, actually, you know what? They're Nintendo, just feeding you content. They're like the last ones that do demos and stuff. I think you're right, except for the weird cultiness of Nintendo fans. Which is not Nintendo's fault, maybe? I don't know. Maybe they're intentionally doing something there. I don't know. But like... Um, yeah, like I think Nintendo has like an insane bias in like reviews and previews and stuff. That like... I mean, I, I can't think of any other studio that even approaches the same level of, like... Well, it's Nintendo made it, so it's automatically an 8. It can't possibly be worse than an 8. So it's going to be an 8, a 9, or a 10. And they'll release, like, you know, Happy Star Puff Adventure, and it gets, like, a 10 out of 10 masterpiece and shit. I, I totally <laughs> it don't get It was a good game, man. <laughs> it's fine. They got me... Well, it wasn't Nintendo. I, I, I take that back. I, I... But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine... I can't even conceive of another company that gets even close to the same level of positive bias but uh yeah i mean well, in that case got it's... done talking about FromSoft, and uh... <laughs> well I, th- I think FromSoft gets very fair criticism and they totally accept it they don't you know it's not like uh, miyazaki's like these games aren't hard yeah you know what i mean that would it's be like, funny they're, though. they're like they're like yeah it's you know we intentionally want it to be hard that's the point of the game they don't want to make an easy mode um, it, it's that's all. That's entirely what they're marketed on. You can't say that they they don't try to make it hard. It's a completely psychotic thing to say. I don't but, think uh, they're hard. Well, you're wrong. I mean, it's <laughs> it's not debatable. You're just wrong. I don't think Pokemon have types. I don't think types exist. It's just a psychotic statement. But do you uh, mean like dating preference, or do you mean like? I don't think there is a bug catcher type of guy in Pokemon. It, that's not there. It's just you know that doesn't exist. He likes to wear shorts. I don't think there's shorts. I don't think there are nets, and I don't think Pokeballs exist in Pokemon. But you know, it's like that's—it's not like you know, it's not like people just universally 
you know, when you read a 9.5 out of 10 review for Bloodborne or whatever, they're like, okay, you know, there's some weird stuff. You have to learn how to deal with this, whatever. But for the intent of the game, for what it's going for, and for what I want out of it, it's extremely good. And there's only very minor nitpicks, right? Whereas with, yeah, with Nintendo games, it's like, you know, Mario Flip Adventure is the best game ever made for the Flip, uh, Motorola Flip Fold phone or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just totally weird bias. But yeah, I think Nintendo probably it's it that even might be because nintendo says hey this game doesn't have multiplayer so then when people go and they are expecting multiplayer no you were never set to expect that right like they never lie about anything in the games they never oversell anything they're you know people will ask like um you know can i see mario naked in this and they're like yes you can see his nipples (laughs) you know what i mean like they just they're just giving you facts you know it's it's uh Maybe that is what leads to that additional bias is that there's, you know, exactly what you're looking for when you get it and it's there. Yeah, that's, that's always what it's been for me. Like yeah. Nintendo has never ghosted me on something. Right. Like even with the Pokemon stuff getting announced with like the latest direct they had, it was, there was more stuff I was kind of wanting to know. I was still on the fence about certain things and then they're like, oh, this is going to be a new Pokemon that's introduced only in Violet. This one's only right. going to be in Scarlet. I was like, cool, right. I'm getting Violet, confirmed. You just right, said oh, the I'm, opposite. Oh, I'm getting Scarlet. Okay, well, we I'm getting both in the end, but yeah, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to end up getting Violet because I want that damn sword thing, but I'm starting with Scarlet because mommy issues. So. I'm going to get uh, Pokemon Brown, which is the, like, collected, it's the combination of uh, Scarlet and Violet. Of all the colors. Yeah, it's a combination of all colors. It's, like, muddy, dark brown. You know, looking back, I was actually incorrect. Um the uh first edition of cyberpunk that came out was cyberpunk it became known as cyberpunk 2013 yeah second edition became 2020 2020 uh, right third edition uh set in the 2030s 20, 35 i think it is 20 yeah this just says 2030s but it was published okay. in 2005 and then fourth right. edition came out um november 2020 set in 2045 and I have a universal recommendation. Skip that one and play Carbon 2185. Hell yeah. New, uh, the Terminal Overdrive uh, just dropped to the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, hardcover info coming soon. God damn I've it. I've been having daily conversations with Robert. <laughs> do you think... Okay, and hear me out. Do you think we could do a month-long kind of yes. one-shot with him as the person running We've the discussed game? that. He said he would prefer to be a player in the game. Oh, okay. Because okay. he just he doesn't he doesn't have a ton of fun as uh, the game master for it because sure. obviously he knows like all of the you know he has he's had to look at it too much basically. Right, and that's why uh, man he would be the best person to yeah. point us in the right direction. He's he's poisoned by the uh, experience of making it, which was my uh, that was my uh, capstone project in my game design degree. Was, yeah, was we played it. People being burned out by their own games. It was a fun game though. I, I liked what you did. I go back you and know, play it again. Good luck. It ain't on the store anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, they've been not able to keep it up with all the updates. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's it's interesting. I think, yeah, actually, we did not plan it, but I think we discovered the only company that handles hype correctly. Nintendo. Um, yeah. <laughs> interesting. All right. But that's the show. Um, thank you guys for following us on this journey of... You know, boarding this hype train with us and and helping 
figure out what are some of the biggest offenders, who were some of the biggest uh, failures, biggest success stories. Um, And here at the end, hopefully a little bit on how to manage this hype so you don't fall into that hole yourself. For sure. For Mammoth Games Inc., I am one of your hosts, Jay. You can find me at Night Swarm. With me this week, we have Austin. Uh, You can maybe find me at Filter Cord on a lot of stuff, but I'm not really... uh... You can't find him. I'm out of the I'm out of the loop for now. Yeah, you can you can find me on several watch lists. <laughs> IMDb Federal. <laughs> Why'd you start with IMDb? <laughs> As well, Johnny Riot. Hype, hype, hype. Find him at Johnny Riot. For Major Potty Brian and the rest of MGI, thanks for following us, and we hope to see you guys next time. You're still here? I take it you're waiting for some Marvel-esque after credit scene. Well, I have some bad news and some good news. The bad news is there isn't any more MGI this week. Although, you could go back and listen to our extensive catalog of content. Ah, the good news is you can check out Bad Assets, a Bunkers and Badass podcast. It's like D&D. You know, if you hit it over there with a meat bicycle and it woke up in the Borderlands universe. You can find it on all major podcast services or on YouTube if video is more your speed. As always, thank you for your likes, comments, shares, reviews, subscribes, and thank you for listening to the Fun Balance Podcast Network.